0: Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, people of all ages, welcome back to the Sticky Floors podcast. I am one of your hosts, CJ, and I am joined as always by Mr. Will. And tonight we are talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, It's the Christmas season where we are, and uh, this is a good movie to talk about for the Christmas season. So, we're gonna have fun breaking this one down and talking about the different characters and situations and the jokes, and some of it being funny, maybe some of it not so funny, but uh, that's definitely that's definitely where we're going tonight. Um, Mr. Will, why don't you uh, kick off a little, the, the uh, I guess the breakdown of what the movie is about, and then we can start talking about the movie.
1: Well, first and foremost, and thank you, CJ, for that, uh, as usual, excellent introduction. Um, I want to just give a shout out to those who celebrate Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, if they don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, so just this entire holiday season, uh, you know, definitely shout out, special love and care, blessings, peace to everyone who is either concluding their celebration of Hanukkah or who are about to commence with uh, Christmas this coming uh, Monday, or uh, Kwanzaa uh, this coming Tuesday, CJ or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuesday starts twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. So uh, so yeah, shout out to everybody um, celebrating uh, the upcoming and concluding holidays. And today we're going to get into uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, a Brief synopsis is, what happens when your expectations fail to come to fruition? Clark Griswold, who has visions of a perfect Christmas, is forced to address that very question. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a comedic tale, is based upon a short story by John Hughes in which things go from bad to worse to even worst during the Christmas season. There it is. There it is. And listen, but you know, what, it's so this is a
0: this movie came out in 1989, right? Yes, and sir. it's a movie about an old school Christmas. And it's so it's so interesting. Like, one, I really appreciate you acknowledging the other holidays that happen around this time. And it's funny because I was thinking about how that's such a recent occurrence, like recent, like within the last ten years. Like it used to be, you just say Merry Christmas and that's it. Like yep. you didn't even no one, no one cared, no one cared. <laughs> no, no one no cared. One. Like if you celebrate something else, you don't like Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas anyway, and you better say Merry Christmas because <laughs> that's how the eighties were. The eighties was different. Like, There was not all of this. There was no variation. (laughs) No, it was a one. It was a one size fits all thing. Even when it came to the holiday, (laughs) and and it's like and and when you watch this movie, because it's in the eighties, it's just a squarely nineteen eighties movie. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like Clark Clark Griswold and the Griswold family is like the prototype version of a family in the nineteen eighties. They live in a nice neighborhood he lives in a big huge house he works his wife doesn't he's got mm-hmm. kids who are kind of well adjusted all of these family members you know it's like it's just a very it's a very like it, it's a movie that subtly tells you about the values of 19 the 1980s
1: yeah and i think the fact that this movie is directed written based upon short stories from john hughes epitomizes that I mean anything from 16 candles mm, to Breakfast yep. Club. I mean like, you know, you're talking about and 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 rest in peace to him, uh lived uh very uh and a uh brief brief life, uh passed away too young. Um just uh I don't know man. It it just brings back a lot of memories in which um you had Reaganomics, you had uh you know, tight pants, Cavaricis, um, <laughs> big hair, um, vibrant colors. I mean, the phenomenon of, uh, you know, neon colors, spandex, uh, converse, that's nothing new. That's actually 80s uh, garb. But, you know, what? like the saying goes, what is old is new and what's new is old. So, you know, it just... This movie helped me to get in touch with that portion of me. I mean, if you think about the movies that came out during that period, you're talking about when Harry met Sally.
0: Great movie. You're talking
1: about, yeah, you're talking about The Abyss. You're talking about Parenthood. Um, uh, you're talking about Glory. Um, what is uh, what's the uh, Born on the Fourth of July? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the other joint that I was thinking of too? Oh, c- can't forget, man. Sixth Grade, uh, Batman. Oh yeah, nineteen eighty nine. That's right. That yeah, is right so you know, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're thinking about yeah. a lot. Yeah, so you're thinking about a lot of those movies, in which you know the principles of uh, what we're talking about throughout this podcast tonight. I mean, even Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, how could I forget? you talk about classic Eddie Murphy in his yeah. high life, and the fact that I thought of that was because of the Netflix joint in which. Eddie is uh revisiting the Axel Foley character. Yeah,
0: Beverly Hills Cop 4.
1: I, yeah, so but I say that to say this. Uh, this movie touches upon a lot of different not only emotions but themes, um a lot of uh different uh experiences that us of this generation will reminisce and uh think not only fondly but will will tend to be more introspective and compare and contrast how Times are totally different now, yeah. and we wouldn't have what we have now without revisiting the past. Yeah, and
0: and and there's like, we're, and we, I know we'll talk about it a little later, but there's this whole theme of like traditions that's running mm-hmm. like through this movie. Um, you know, there's just, this is like just, I'm, I know like the, this time of year is just one of my favorite times of the year. I just love the holiday season. I love. Why is that? I just, that? I just feel like this is like this, these, there's 42 days like from the end of thanksgiving to like the end of the year it's like the time when people try to be the most like human beings you know like everybody's like as nice as you can be people genuinely seem to care about other people it's like the best version of human humanity is for this 42 days then you know it caps off with january 1st and then everybody's back to being roaches again from that point but i mean like we're like a great species for about six weeks and this movie this movie capitalizes on it and there are so many you mentioned some of the some of the themes of like family tradition there's also like so many tropes that are in this movie that play out in other things like the idea that you know clark's mother and father like love him right but his wife's Mm. parents really kind of hate him openly like oh yeah like the idea that you don't get along with your in-laws your in-laws don't get along with you like Mm -hmm. that's just that's been in sitcoms forever and it's it's something that's really prevalent in this movie as well um the idea of like you don't want to like the daughter doesn't want to have to share the bed with the with this
1: oh brother
0: because he's nasty and he's got the half naked woman (laughs) on the poster on his bed you know like it's just
1: raging horror yeah it's
0: like all of that is there and yo, if you think this is the thing that I thought was kind of crazy that I'd never paid attention before by my calculations watching this movie they had their family with them from December 15th through December 25th which is 10 yeah. days of having mm-hmm. your 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 parents your pet your wife's parents in your aunts yeah. and uncles your cousin and his kids that's a lot of people first of all how big is yeah. their house like their house has to be a mansion that's like 15 people living in one house not to mention the dog snots and the cat that got electrocuted and the squirrel that was in the it's tree <laughs> it's so many it's terrible. so many things in this house man it's it's like i would go crazy with my in with my my family living
1: with me for 10 days. I, I mean, can, if I if you do, it. do the math I do it. I, I, well that was one of my questions too. Like how could you withstand <laughs> not just two I guess they're like what? They're not they're they're adolescents, you could call them. So two adolescents and then two adults who tend to spend the majority of the time in the trailer. So right. That's four. Then you got the grit I, I don't think they're uh, they aunts and uncles. I think they're great. Yeah, aunts they're and great. Greats. uncles. Yeah. they're yeah. ancient. Yeah, yeah, Yep. Yeah. So that's another two. Yeah, that's six. Then you got the the in laws themselves. So that's a set of two each. Yep. That's four. That's ten additional yo, that's people wild. plus your four. That's four. Plus the dog. Plus the Rottweiler.
0: <laughs> plus the cat. Oh. And the square. That's Ugh. crazy. And and it's yo, know you could you do it. it. You go nuts like like Clark did. And then it's like even even like the the job that he has the boss is like the absolute prototype mm. jerk boss that like does he reminds me of mr right. space oh good <laughs> yeah, for the Jetsons. yeah but it's yeah. like he doesn't even know clark's name he doesn't get his first name or his last name right until the end of the movie it's just it's just mm-hmm. perfect because i it's like it i didn't i didn't you know admittedly i was younger i was i was much younger when this came out so the jokes that i got then aren't the jokes that i get now as an adult you see it a little differently even though i didn't grow up like with that experience i can understand that that experience was real and that in that case it becomes more satire than fantasy and i and i think that's like one of the strong things about the entire, the Griswold era of the National Lampoon's movies is like, it takes something that people know about and experience, and then it makes it comedic and crazy, but it doesn't suspend reality. Cause like, even if you go back to like Mm -hmm. the first one, the, the, when they drive into Wally world, everybody knows like the family trip in the car is a disaster. It's like, it's crazy. (laughs) It's always so, Disaster it's always something to that goes wrong right but it's like what happens to them is so much worse that it's funny because it's based on a frame of something that's real when they go to europe the european vacation same thing it's mm-hmm. based off a frame that's real the vegas vacation same and it it taps into these things of like these ideas about america america americans and the idea of americana that are always present like celebrating the holidays family trips going to europe and being the quote-unquote ugly americans going to going to vegas Mm. and dumbing out like everything is like it's just it's
1: just a really well done series of movies and uh shout out to brian doyle murray as uh frank shirley who is uh chevy chase's clark's character's uh boss uh he his voice is recognizable if you listen to his voice he's a, a voice actor for a lot of your favorite cartoons Um and I think that ties in too though. Uh during that period of the eighties, you're talking about hardworking, being uh multi-dimensional as far as whatever it is you do. So uh, you could find a John Tesh on Entertainment Tonight, but he's also a Mm. composer um who composed the the music for the NBC NBA theme song theme music. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew the finals was coming up. So you know, just that fact that even the movies they give you nice little bits of trivia and a, and a, a kind of a, an understanding as far as what the period was like yeah. as a whole. Um, I, I, I think, though, the, the the thing for me about this movie that, that strikes a, an accord is um, Chevy Chase's character, Clark Griswold, he's not a bad person <laughs> and he's not a good person either. He's kind of a, a mixture of both. And I get it. No one is... No one is all one thing or all the other, but he is the real life version of Homer Simpson. And what I mean by that is you have a man who obviously has strong ties to the community, loves his family, is devoted to his wife, is hardworking, um, and believes in tradition, traditional roles, traditional values, uh, carrying on a legacy that his children can be proud of, uh, it appears that they respect him and they honor him. But at the same token, this is a guy who literally is caught by his <laughs> son oogling uh, at a, a younger woman. That's so crazy. And she, she buys into it. Yeah, she's naive because she goes from asking him if he's married to um, him correcting her about his wife <laughs> being deceased to then being divorced. I mean, and it's just crazy how literally yeah. she lifts up her dress to yeah. reveal clark- half a butt cheek and <laughs> yeah, it's just clark like, wow is a, yo clark is
0: a wild dude and you know when you tension the, the homer simpson reference and connection that's actually brilliant because i really agree with that i see that like homer simpson yeah. and and chevy Ch- and and clark griswold are like parallel versions of the same character like the fact that he loves his family and that he, you know, he wants to be a good dad and a good husband that's there, Mm -hmm. but there's also this part of him that's like selfish and mean spirited. And that kind of gets in the way and every movie Clark kind of loses it. And it's like the same thing happens here. Mm -hmm. And, and as a person, and you know, the thing is, man, if you, if you don't do a character like that, right. Then the movie is not watchable. Because the, the Clark Griswold character is the main character. So if he's not complex enough for you to disagree with him, but still find likable, then the movies mm-hmm. aren't funny or interesting anymore. So shout out to, shout out to yeah. Chevy Chase for I, walking that thin line of being able to do not disagreeable, but likable. Like we, like we were talking about in the pre-production, Bill Murray does a great job of this in, in, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, Groundhog Day. He does a great job of being that character that it's not necessarily like, not, you don't necessarily disagree, you disagree with him, but you can still likable enough to pay Mm -hmm. attention to.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's the key though. I think that's a a reoccurring uh, theme in all of the shows is that we tend to favor those individuals who are uh, multifaceted, um, They are uh, a little bit of the hero, a little bit of the villain, sometimes a little bit of the anti-hero. And they're able to navigate these things very seamlessly, whether it be uh, Chevy Chase in this particular role in which uh, you idolize him. He goes to his job, his his, uh, co-worker Bill, who is also another character actor that you will see in uh, a plethora of movies. played by sam mcmurray um you can root for this guy when he's at work and he's 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 working hard to uh make his christmas bonus because that's a reoccurring uh announcement throughout the got to get that christmas bonus because i uh, I got a pool, and I put a seven thousand five hundred dollar deposit. And even him saying that, you could see the pride mm-hmm. just gleaming in his eyes with respect to what he's going to do with that money. Nothing selfish, nothing outlandish. No, he's devoting it to his family so that they can enjoy the time together yeah. in their backyard. And even uh, when he mentions, "Hey, I'm going if there's a little bit left over, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. fly everybody yeah. in," and like th- that was a big thing during the 80s to have your own pool because not everybody had their own pool like oh i'm going to such and such's house why because he got a pool like that was the main thing so you were rooting for him you know like wow he's got this major achievement for his family yeah it's a sign of it's a
0: sign of affluence um it's a sign of doing well and it goes along with the big house with multiple rooms it goes along with the idea of being able to host a holiday dinner at your house yeah like all of those things. So, in a way, Clark like Clark is the 19 the, the quintessential 1980s man, right? He checks the yes, boxes. He he's got the wife, he's got the kids, he's got the family, he's got the house, he's got the job. He's successful in his job. He's waiting on his Christmas bonus. It just resonates. The story just resonates in a lot of different ways, man. So, shout-outs to the movie. Um it it's like it's a great movie for this time of year and it just has a lot of elements in it that we obviously both appreciate so let's um let's jump into the cake um i know i got a lot of cake i know you don't have so much
1: so I'm a, no I'm not gonna, at all
0: <laughs> so i'm gonna run down i'm gonna run down the cake and then uh i'll and then i'll make my my hate short because i only got one thing so my cake is um first and foremost yo i really dig the character of ellen griswold who's played by beverly d'angelo the i movie. just i just think like now, I can't think of, I can't help but see her like Marge Simpson, but it's interesting like, <laughs> she's such a supporter of Clark, of Clark Griswold. Like all the stuff that he does, he puts them in jeopardy in every movie. He puts their lives in danger in some kind of way. And it's Marge like, Simpson. and it's like she always rides for him. You know, like, Marge, she never is like a part of the people that are not giving him credit for what he's doing. And Mm -hmm. there's always this kind of thanklessness that that Clark is experiencing, but it never comes from her. And so I I like that. Shout outs to really being ride or die for your man. Shout outs to Mm Elvin Griswold um yo I, I i know you talked about it i love the scene with the salesperson because with the salesperson. it's just so funny how fast he's trying to like he tried to say his wife was dead and then he wasn't with her while he's still wearing his wedding ring that's that's how that's how how blown he got and that's vicious it was just that was hilarious to me um other cake yo, i love the scene i love the scene when clark is talking to ruby sue And it's interesting because like that's Ruby Sue is the cut, the, the, his, she's he's, she's the daughter of Ellen's cousin cousin. Yeah. And that scene is important because those are the scenes that remind you that Clark is a human being too. Yep. And it's like, it's done very well. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like something from my childhood, but the idea of like a child talking about being concerned about not getting something for Christmas is like something that just it's a very well done scene. And it's it's hard to do scenes like that in a comedy well because it's not mm-hmm. funny. And it requires yeah. you to be able to act and hold things a little different. Um so I I really dig that scene. Um yo know, the turkey scene like when they eat that dry turkey and that joint sounds yeah. like they're eating a box of Ritz crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and they do this amazing thing where they turn off all the sounds all you can hear is the crackling of them eating a turkey. <laughs> it's like it's a great scene. Just bone. It's great man. And then um y'all I love the scene when the squirrel jumps out of the tree. <laughs> I just love that man because like I was saying, man. Like one side, like you, like you were saying earlier. Like, why is everybody freaking out? It's only a squirrel.
1: Mm-hmm. But on
0: the other side, whenever something that was supposed to be outside is now inside your house, it makes people more afraid. So
1: <laughs> more uncomfortable, right?
0: So I just love that. And then um, the last thing I would talk about is like that scene when that cat gets electrocuted. Oh my god! That's. Ah.
1: <laughs> That's a great.
0: That was a laugh out loud. Every time I see that movie, that scene makes me laugh out loud. I mean, it's such a great buildup because you see the cat messing with the wire, and then you hear hear that sound of it getting electrocuted. And then it's like the way that leaves the splat, it's like the cat disintegrated and transformed. (laughs) At another time. I mean, you even
1: see burnt fur. (laughs) It's outlined in chalk it's
0: it's crazy it's just a it's just a funny funny movie and you know the thing is that you couldn't even i don't know if you could even do that scene now like there would be protests against no that kind of scene but in 1989 you can do that and it's just it's hilarious so that's that's my but that's why I, i
1: but see that's why i was a little confused why we didn't hear anything from PETA during that time with so many animal abuse uh scenes in this movie like wow they gotta they gotta wait Yo, you man. don't remember
0: re- what about remember remember in the first movie they killed the dog by not by mm-hmm. having the dog to the on the back of the car and forgot and drugged yeah. the dog like that was what about that like there was always something crazy that's happening and like you said peter was nowhere around for that man.
1: Nah, man and see this is why um when cj mentions in his likes there are. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are touching scenes, like with uh, 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 Ruby, Ro- Ruby, uh, Sue. Ruby Rose. Yeah, right. Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Ruby Sue. Sorry, with Ruby Sue. I, the, but I always hear her say "Sandy Claus," and that just irks me. <laughs> like come on man really that's what we're doing we're trying to play off of the cute thing next thing you know we're going to be drawing our r's and our threes backwards too what about how she calls her brother hymns (laughs)
0: though oh man but anyway all right that's that's my cake what you what you got for uh what you got for your cake or if there is any or you can you can jump into the
1: i have two points (laughs) no i have two points that i can honestly say i liked Um, without preferencing it with a but or you know or however the first one is the cast i mean like even though the siblings change throughout the entire series um in this one in particular i like the fact that you have a young juliette lewis and a young john mark johnny gaelic uh or galecki sorry uh in the roles as the son Mm -hmm. and the daughter i mean russ russ is Uh, The obvious is he is the legacy of his father, and he has a chance to replicate, if not uh, super, excuse me, exceed his father's expectations. We get all that. But at the same token, there's also an innocence to him where he's a little bit more uh, endowed with common sense. And he is uh, the Jiminy Cricket, if you will, where, for example, hey, dad, uh, we have to check all these lights. And then you know he's going one by one and then he constantly reminds his dad hey dad remember the lights or remember the wire or plug this in so you can see that you know he's not he's one of the few depictions in the movie where uh the male character is not a buffoon or a laughing stock um and then juliette lewis's character as the elder sister um you know you're thinking all right you know audrey seems to be the one with the brains and who's very knowledgeable and who's Who's, who has common sense, and but at the same time, it's not an arrogance. She's very uh, happy-go-lucky, aware, uh, practical, um, kind of like her mother in that same sense. Um, and there isn't a competition uh, between the two, whether it be because... Um, They're both secure in who they are and their roles within the family. And I think that's the thing that CJ had mentioned before. Everyone has definitive roles in which they complement one another and they realize how vital they are for the family to succeed, um, despite all of the uh, transgressions that Clark may bring about. Um, And then the uh, next thing that I liked is, and you know you're getting (laughs) desperate when you mention this, the opening (laughs) graphics. Um, uh, that cartoon sequence of the Santa Claus and the reindeer and, and things and the stars and everything that reminded me of those cartoons that would come out right before Christmas oh, on those Christmas were Eve great. or the day before mm-hmm. on channel two. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's where the nostalgia comes in. This movie does a great job of complimenting one another and bringing up those, uh, reoccurring themes of, you know, family ties, nostalgia, love the Christmas spirit. Everyone mm-hmm. coming together, uh, you know, embracing, being their best selves as they, as we would say today, um, presenting just you know a, a good wholesome yeah. family unit. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I, I'd, I'd, the the takeaway from the movie is for me, um, I would like to see more of that in today's society. If I, yeah, that's so
0: yo great point referencing like just that the Christmas movies like to this day when merry christmas or it's christmas charlie brown comes on my my mom will call mm. me and tell me that that's <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> for me to watch that
0: right that snow uh, frosty the yeah. snowman you know i don't know yep, a kid. Yep. if you if if you you are a kid from the 70s and 80s if you know the words to the grinch the grinch song you know that you're a mean one, Mister Grinch. I mm-hmm. you know, like that. Giant, everybody knows uh, it because that's just the time. And you're right. That graphic it does it does remind mm-hmm. me of that for sure. Um, so that that's really that's good points, man. I know I'm gonna jump into the hate real quick. Um, I don't have a lot of hate mm-hmm. for this movie, um, so I know you're gonna fill it for me on that one.
1: But the one thing <laughs> the
0: one thing I didn't I did didn't remember that wasn't in this this, this movie is the. Uh, the 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 um holiday road song that usually is in all the movies mm-hmm. i love that song like this is how much yeah. i love the holiday road joint i got that joint on my phone in apple and itunes that's how much <laughs> i love that. the holiday road joint. that's oh. my jam so yeah. so that it wasn't oh. in the movie i kept waiting for it to play and in the beginning i was like all right it's not gonna play i thought yeah. it was gonna play at the end i watched this movie all the way till it went off till the screen went black Cause I thought it was gonna play. You, I thought they were gonna play work. it. They didn't play it. I forgot that <laughs> it wasn't there. So hate for that. Always put yo. the holiday road song in there because that's uh. the jam. But um, all right. What you got on the hit on the hate hate tip? That's it. That's, oh, all, that's, I it? that's all I have one thing. <laughs> that, that's, that's all. One thing. That's all. It was one thing. I, I oh. knew. I knew. I know you got you got oh, work. Man. You got the work. So <laughs> feel free. Yeah, hey, I was about to say. Feel you free, know, folks. Buckle up, man. This feel it's about free to, to
1: go Um. Man, what can I say? i I deplore <laughs> the fact that the men in this character are are labeled as donkeys. like they literally are just stupid. Um, you have the elder gentlemen who are bickering, they uh are indecisive, they nitpick. they 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 just seem overly critical and judgmental, which is kind of ironic that I'm pointing this out, but um nonetheless. Um, they're just overly critical about everything. Uh, you have the touching moment between, uh, the Griswold, uh, men where they're saying like, you know, everything about the tradition is garbage. You know, when you ran (laughs) it, it was garbage. Now I'm running it and it's garbage. Like if you recognize this, then do something about it. I mean, you're setting not only yourselves up for failure, but you're also the role models Mm -hmm. for Russ. And what's he going to he do? Gonna, he's going to mess it a up too. Up absolutely, tradition? absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, did you did you ever see the <sighs> movie that came out years, years, years later that actually had Russ as the adult taking his kids on the family vacation? No. Yeah. So no. yeah. So the the yeah. um the the character of Russ is played by the guy who plays the doctor in um the dentist. Sorry, in the Hangover um and i, oh, and I forget, I forget um, his name It's right on yeah, the tip yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking
1: yeah because he's in uh yeah so he's in it in and his wife oh, is man,
0: christina applegate and they have two kids and they're they're going on a vacation it's the same thing so you're right that is the the legacy of the griswolds is the family joint is going to be a disaster but go ahead we with the cake What we went to hate and i'm gonna look up that yeah, name but, of the guy
1: Think about that now, folks. And when I say this, the damage inflicted to the neighbor's home (laughs) as well as to Clark's home. I mean, you might as well call this dude an arsonist, a saboteur, because he not only brings in a tree so that he's an environmental terrorist as far as I'm concerned because he's digging up the roots. He didn't bother to go say, hey, let's come back. Let me get a hacksaw. Let me get a, you know, an, an axe or anything. No, 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 no. He got an excavator because he had to in order to dig up the roots and straps this big tree onto his family's car. So now he's driving haphazardly on a highway and and potentially could cause even more fatalities and injuries. But uh-uh, got to get my particular uh tree. And that's not even taken in consideration on, on the journey there that uh, they almost died because they were driving underneath the tractor trailer with. Giant mm-hmm. redwood poles, um, and and because he caught road rage, and uh, because he wasn't li- uh, willing to listen to his wife, which again furthers that that notion that the the women know best, and that all of the men who were uh, for uh, who were saw uh, seen during this uh, this period in their shows, as CJ complimented, uh, excuse me, commented earlier in the uh, pre-tape discussions, the men who are either balding. Fat, unathletic, reminiscing about their glory days in high school, fearful of their wives, leery of their children. Uh, so they are probably more harsh and authoritative to them than what they need to be. And then also, they do not get uh, along yeah. very well with their in-laws. So just the fact that, you know, that whole conflict throughout the movie. That, and
0: uh, and, the, uh... and the, the dude we're talking about is Ed Helms. So it's
1: Ed Helms.
0: Who, play, who plays mm, the older version yeah, yeah, of yeah. Ross Griswold in that movie? In the in yeah. the 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 other the uh, one of those sequels to this.
1: Got you, got you. Shout out to him, man. Um, my next point is, and CJ had a great way of summarizing this for me. It's the implausibility of uh, the actions most of these characters undertake and throughout the podcast you'll hear me say i'm the one who suspends imagination etc etc but with respect to this i mean it just doesn't seem like the payoff as cj always talks about nails the landing you have an individual eddie johnson played Mm -hmm. by randy quaid shout out to him who kidnaps clark's boss uh, uh frank shirley brings him to clark's home and only because Clark was saying in jest, out of frustration, out of an emotional tirade, that he would essentially give his boss a piece of his mind for not giving him the Christmas bonus. Um, so he kidnaps him, he brings him there, and he anticipates, uh, you know, Clark to give him to read him the riot act. And in fact, this doesn't happen. What happens is is that uh, Clark actually has a humanitarian moment where he uh, basically tries to counsel this man as to the impact that his decisions on trying to cut costs at the expense of the workers during a very pivotal and and romanticized period of the year that everyone knows comes during the 12th month of every year. Um, And he says to him, you know what? Yes, I didn't remember your name. I treated you badly. You got me a gift when you thought of me. So just the mere fact that I was on your mind. No, forget all that. I'm redeeming myself a la Scrooge, and I'm going to reward you with not only your bonus, bonus but I'm going to give you yeah. 20% on top of that yeah. bonus. Like, I get they're trying to tie up loose ends. Everyone has to have their 45 minute TV special. You know, everybody wins. We learned the lesson. But come on. Really?
0: So we so we're gonna. Re, I got a question about that that thing. That's in that's in one of my questions. I know we're gonna we're gonna come yeah. back to that one. I got a question about that. Um, you got any more hate, or is that you you all hate it up?
1: I have a few more, but i I just want to, I just want to try and summarize my hate, which is <laughs> the, the disgust that I have is Summar- essentially about the way that this story plays out and how it's told through these. Various mouthpieces that one the women the females in this 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 uh, this tale can do no wrong. They are the brains. They uh, uh, tolerate men as best as these males rather as best as possible. Um, the men the males rather they do themselves no no justice by continuing to uh, be a uh, basically a clown. Uh, throughout the entire series, by self-sabotaging themselves at every chance that they get, and uh, the fact that their tradition of being a fool is the one thing that they will carry on perpetuity in perpetuity uh, in the various seasons to come. Uh, excuse me, stories to come. All good points. <laughs> All
0: good points. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get you your we're gonna get you your whole lump of coal, man, because you're earning it. <laughs> you're earning it. Yeah. All right. So I got a, I got a couple of questions and I'm going to start with the one because you mentioned the the Christmas boldness plus the, the, yeah. yo, so wouldn't all that money go to the repair of the house?
1: <laughs> like the Most definitely not just, no. no, no, even before their house, it's got to go to the neighbor's house because right. remember they broke several windows, oh, the windows, they, yeah. they broke the, uh, I think that was a, uh, the CD an answering machine, the CD yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, machine. Answer machine and that. the CD changer. Yeah, um, and speakers. Callers. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, yeah. they
0: destroyed that, and then they had all. They had the SWAT people jump in through the windows and everything. Oh, come on! Dude.
1: Really, everything. jumping everything, and Don't that's forget- not even counting the the sewer joint,
0: right? Don't forget the
1: methane gas, right? Don't forget they
0: had to throw out their couch because they had the electrocuted spa
1: oh. cat, underneath. dude. Yo, you're calling. Uh, what is it? Protective services for the kids. You're you're calling uh, some type of animal service uh, for the mistreatment yeah. of both animals. Yeah. Uh, because the one the dog was eating garbage, metal, and everything out the the garbage yeah. can.
0: Yeah. That. Yeah. They got. They got elderly <laughs> they got, abuse. They got major like, problems that can't be solved with buddy. But no, um. No. But okay. So I and got so, an hour. So I got right. So I got a couple questions. I know you do too. And we can go. Let's just go back and forth on them. So. My first question is, all right, so National Lampoon's is a bunch of movies. But of the National Lampoon's movies where the Griswolds are are the main focus, and I'm saying like uh, those first three, yeah, which yeah. is your favorite of the
1: first three movies? I'm going to go with the European vacation in that joint. Because okay. uh, I like the character. Like, Hard for most people to believe that are listening and that are tuning in. I like the daughter's character, especially when she was portrayed by dana hill like that's Mm. what that's who i think of when i think of audrey Mm -hmm. i think of dana hill
0: yeah yeah i think you know it's funny when i was i i now it's the the first one because like because like i just i love the scene at the end where he loses it in the in a wally world and he basically holds the guy hostage to keep wally world open for his kids that's just so funny funny to me and it goes along with everything we've been saying about clark and everything but there's so many things that happen in that movie that are just hilarious like you know remember when they have the great the great aunt in the car and she dies while she's in the car with them and it's just yo it's crazy that's that's my favorite joint man What's, what's your question
1: i just can't get over the fact about the aunt and them continuing on but uh my next my question for you is this why are why are these tropes prevalent in these movies i.e uh the aunt who is uh basically suffering from some type of dementia neurological disease Mm -hmm. the 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 uncle who's elderly and continues to smoke cigars and Mm -hmm. not afraid of lung cancer Mm -hmm. um the sex crazed uh husband who has a devoted wife Mm -hmm. who is willing to be there through thick and thin why do these things uh Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think um, a a big part of it is that when you go back and you look at not only movies, but television in that time, there was a lot less sensitivity to things Mm. in general, and it made it so everything that was potentially funny was on the table to be made fun of. So like Mm. now. You would almost it'd be really difficult to try to make dementia <laughs> funny in any way, shape or yeah. form. Right. And, and certainly it's not in real life. The idea of portraying um, an older person as like kind of being on the risk of lung cancer, but still smoking cigars wouldn't be funny because now we live in a very in a much more sensitive and much more informed, maybe even overly sensitive. Environment mm. where it's very hard to tell jokes without being offended. You know, and people have been saying this right. for a long time. You know, you you know, Dave Chappelle said this, Bill yeah. Maher said this, Jerry Seinfeld said this, Chris Rock said this. A lot of comics now talk about how difficult it is to do material because the sensitivity of people to things extends through everything. So, in, in an interesting mm. way just like how you say you know when you're going into a movie you kind of say i'm going to, i'm not going to go into the movie with my logic being the prevailing yeah. logic of the movie i'm going to accept the logic in the movie if as i'm going through it and then i'm critiquing it based on that i think when people are now looking at movies television shows even comedy shows they're going in there wanting wanting the comic or the movie or the show to match up with their priorities Mm. more so than with the whatever the priorities are of the actual creator themselves. And so it's it it allowed in the 80s more room and more material. Whereas now I think things are getting more and more constricted. You know, we talked about this in the beginning. I don't think you can make this movie this way in 2023. Yeah. Because you can't you just you would just have to put other kinds of characters in it. You'd have to have other storylines. You couldn't do the story the same way because there would be so many people saying, I don't see this part. I don't see that part. I don't see this. This is not mm. funny. So that's what I think doesn't. No, that's pretty thorough, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So here's my question for you: What tradition reminds you the most of Christmas time?
1: Um, for for my family, I'm, I'm going to say. The tradition of us putting up the tree Mm. itself directly after thanksgiving um it's not that we're pagans or that we believe in the winter (laughs) solstice or anything like that Um, and even piggybacking off of what cj just commented on about the sensitivity and the inability perhaps for some of the things from the 80s and comics being able to present these things now rather it's not the commercialism either Uh, i want to i want to draw attention to that for us, the tree symbolizes us coming together. Sure, I could talk about the green and it representing the earth and nature and et cetera, et cetera, because we do tend to hike. But no, it's really just a labor of love. We decide on a theme. So this year it's black, red, and white. Um, oh, wow. So Y'all have it, themes You know, art still? decoration. Okay.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, um because we tried to make it fun. You know, like one year it was about all of the things that they did in elementary school. So, you know how the kids bring home like little ornaments mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that year it was just strictly handmade, you know, arts and crafts type stuff that they did when they were younger. So maybe a picture here, you know, whatever, whatever something they drew, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the fact is, is that that labor of love allows us to communicate and we do so in our own way. Sure. You know, there might be some like, "Oh, you're doing this wrong," or this, that, and the third. But the fact is that, you know, when everything's said and done, uh, we have accomplished something. And every year, someone takes turns on putting the star up. Uh, Every year, someone takes turns in just plugging the last um, light into the outlet, et cetera, et cetera. So just that itself, it's more like a us a coming together moment. Like we know, all right, after Thanksgiving dinner, this is what we do. That's dope. That's dope. Family tradition.
0: That's a good one. All yeah. right. Cool. What you got questions?
1: Yeah, man. So I'm running with this. Does the holiday season bring out the best <laughs> or the worst in people?
0: Man, you're asking the good ones. Um I would say that it it depends a lot on the person. You know, I think mm-hmm. this particular holiday is like is like alcohol. It amplifies whatever you are. <laughs> if you're a giving you know sincere person this is like your christmas (laughs) you know what i'm saying and if you are like a selfish person who wants stuff all the time this is like your christmas (laughs) it's really good because it like it allows whatever you are however you are it allows you to amplify that um i don't know if you get the best yeah all right how about that i don't know if you get the best or the worst out of people i think It just depends it's just so much based on the person i think in general and and you mentioned this a second ago there's always been a commercialism and a capitalism component to Mm -hmm. christmas which i just never have liked and it's something that i know my parents did and it's something that i'm now trying to teach my daughter to avoid as well um and i think like that dynamic creates this push to get things or this expectation that you have to get things And there's also so many people who because they're not getting something or not getting something they want, they feel undervalued in some way and or diminished. And that's Mm -hmm. unfortunate because, of course, who you are and your values, a person should never be trapped up in material things. But that's easy to say when you're not experiencing the pain of not getting something. So I understand that and I don't want to be I don't want to oversimplify that. But I know that that's like a big part of Christmas. And I wish that it it that part really wasn't because like, I know like, you know, when this when this holiday season ends, there's a lot of kids that are going to go to school on January 2nd, 3rd, whatever. And the whole conversation is going to be around what you get for Christmas. Yeah. And if you got stuff, yeah. you're great. If you are not, you're like trying to make up stuff or you're trying to, you know, downgrade yeah. it or avoid the conversation. That's a tough place to be. And that's. A part of the materialist part that came along with christmas i think if it's more about what you were talking about the activities the doing something together as a family the roles and responsibilities then that is what christmas is is, as, is at its best unfortunately i think sometimes it becomes more of the drive for more and more stuff wow so that's where that is um all right so <laughs> so I got a question for you. I'm gonna try to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> I feel, no, that was I was thought like, I provoking, like we're making, me, man. <laughs> we're making the Christmas joy. This is supposed to be about a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> about like it's like Christmas at Oppenheimer's house right now. Like, golly. All right. So um this is uh this is my last one. Um, when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? If you ever did.
1: Yeah. Um No, I definitely believed in Santa Claus. Matter of fact, for those that don't know, Santa Claus is actually a historical figure. It's just that it's not on some magical type tip. Um, So that's one. Two, um, for the most part, most Western civilizations have a uh, Santa Claus mythos uh, narrative. Uh, Three, I want to say that I was approximately eight, nine, somewhere along there. Um but in my house uh as a youth, I couldn't say that to my dad. If I said that to my dad, he'd be like, You're not getting anything because Santa Claus doesn't live here. I mean, no, excuse me, Santa Claus doesn't exist. So uh I kept up the charade. Um uh, matter of fact, my dad probably won't be hearing this, so I, I still gotta be like, Yeah, Santa <laughs> Claus is real. <laughs> He's still G checking you. That's that's so eight years old and
0: where you stop believing in Santa
1: yeah roughly around eight which is which is kind of funny, man, because uh I read this stat today actually, where it was like most most states in the United States uh they stop believing children stop believing that around eight years and six months
0: so you were right on you were right on per or right on yeah uh, yeah,
1: so you yeah. test out properly
0: good job man
1: I guess so man it's like seven to ten years but on average most are eight eight years and six months yeah, yeah. there it is look at that that's
0: that's some knowledge that people didn't know about right statistically in, and informed information so yo that's why you got to tune in that, there it is right you learned something um, all right so let's get down to the boxes of popcorn um, I, I think I know where you're going with this but I'm gonna go with mine first I'm gonna give this uh, three and a half boxes of popcorn I like the I like the movie. It's fun to watch. It's not a great movie per se, but it is mm. really entertaining Christmas watch. So I'm giving it three and a half boxes. What you're giving for it?
1: Oh, man, everybody should know by now. I'm running with two, <laughs> straight two, Yo. and and that's a a forced two. Yo, you're you're a mean
0: one, Mister Will, <laughs> Mister Grinch. <laughs> no, that's that's funny. That's funny. So so you said your favorite is a European vacation
1: yeah and and because again um uh rest in peace dana is very witty she's very snarky but she doesn't come over the top Mm -hmm. um her interactions with her brother you can see that there's a caringness um she's able to joke and you know she's kind of like clark but she's kind of like her Mm -hmm. mom she's she's a total individual not one way or the other like in the case of the christmas narrative or even the first joint you know what i mean like you just get a sense of a, of a whole human being and then the interactions while they're going through the various countries and everything like that gives you a, a different sense of like who they are in the world yeah. you know what i mean yeah
0: definitely all right well then so let's let's uh wrap it up then just like with the different messages in the movies i think this is stuff that i'll go first and i know this is some things i talked about yeah. before but you know i think that there's three there's three themes that are kind of there in the movie and it all leads to one kind of big conclusion I think the first is like this idea of the man as the leader of the family. Clark is certainly the leader not only of his family but the leader of the extended family. So he's, you know, transitioned mm-hmm. into that role. Um, there's also this idea of like you sacrificing for your family. So Clark's experience is he, you know, he doesn't get any credit. It's it's kind of thankless mm-hmm. um, that what he goes through, and yet he's giving it for his family. You know, like. Um, Sometimes I like like when I when I'm working with people, especially brothers and men in general. I like to tell them like, as a man, you have to always see yourself as the sun. You know, the sun the sun comes up every day, whether or not you want it to, whether or not you think it's too bright, mm-hmm. not bright enough, whether or not the clouds are there, whatever. That's the expectation. I think as men, that's the expectation we have to have on ourselves that we're going to show up no matter what. And Clark does that for his family, whether or not he gets the credit for it. Um, there's also this notion of like the, the, the generational transmission of norms. So like this, this like mm-hmm. what you were talking about, he has this conversation with his dad where he, you know, the dad talks about being the person running the, running the Christmas. And then now Clark is doing it one day, Russ is going to do it, but it's that transition of information and responsibility. And I think that all gets to the overall point, which is the protection of traditions. So the movie is about not only the holiday time, but it's the holiday time funneled through this very traditional lens of what that means and what that looks like. And the experience of the Griswolds is very different from their yuppie neighbors next door who don't have a tree and don't have kids and aren't really into the holiday season at all. And the reason why I think even though you know bad stuff is happening to them, as the audience, you're not really as concerned is because there's something about them that feels different. And oppositional to the Griswolds, and I think it's because they represent a newer version idea of the holiday season that this movie is not so subtly pushing against. So I think it's uh, very much so about the idea of maintaining and protecting traditions, which protect the idea of you know holiday Americana.
1: Wow, that's tough which is also a great segue for what CJ was commenting on, uh, this sense of tradition. Um, I found myself in a very unique place when uh, watching this movie. One, I was trying to force my way (laughs) through it, and I haven't had to do that with any uh, other movies. Uh, um, But uh, all seriousness, and more importantly, um, this this made me uh, revisit some feelings of yesteryear. Where I began to wonder and reminisce about the days of my youth in which, like Clark, I was looking at pictures. Some were just merely pictures in my head, um, and others were actual physical pictures. Um, Christmas is a very special time of year for most people, so I'm no exception. But in particular, there was one Christmas in which um, I could, it's almost like I'm being transported there now. Where um, my grandfather, my mother's dad, uh, he knew that there was this one gift I wanted and we went to this flea market and, you know, I pointed it out to him and he was just like, uh, okay. And um, my grandmother was there and out of the two of them, my, my, my grandfather was very, you know, very traditional, old school, very stern, matter of fact, he worked three jobs, you know, he wasn't uh, uh, unabashed in in loving us, but he did it in his own way. And whereas my grandmother, she was very, uh, very, she is to this day, very, uh, flamboyant and, uh, boisterous. So, you know, the two of them took note, you know, whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, they don't call me Will, they call me Scott. So are like, so, uh, okay, Scott, we're gonna do this and you know, whatever. So we're at my grandmother's house and we're opening gifts. Everybody's around, my mom, my dad, my brothers, uh, my aunt and my uncles. And uh, just when we're getting to the end, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not tripping. You know, I'm grateful for everything we got. Um, my grandfather says to me, hey, Scott, uh, I think you're missing something. And I was like, am I? I didn't think so, pop up. And he says to me, yeah, you are. And uh, he says, go out into the to the, the foyer. Um, so I go out there. And my grandparents had this big, bright door. It was red. And I opened up the door, and there's this Christmas bag. And I had never seen a Christmas bag. I see Christmas boxes, but i never seen a Christmas bag. And it's this big bag. And I might have been like 11, 12 years old, so it's almost the size of me. So I'm like, all right. So I pull it back out, go back to the living room where everybody's at. My grandmother says to me open it up scott open it up so i, I opened the bag and it's my coat and it was this triple fat goose <laughs> leather bomber three quarters black with the fur around the collar and the fur was like that like mahogany brown mm-hmm. with a shade of black and the caramel and i could remember this thing I, I man i wish i still had this coat if it wasn't for a couple of moves i probably would still had it And um, I wore that coat until literally the sleeves were probably up to my forearms. Like, that's how much I love this coat. And uh, I say that to say this. While Clark's reminiscing over the pictures and he's thinking about, you know, Christmas as a whole and wanting this perfect Christmas. And he even stumbles upon an old gift from 1983 in the rafters of the attic. I felt, I empathized. I was Clark in that moment. Where you could see these things crystallize in your mind, and you're holding the pictures, and you're going through the emotions, and it's not that you, uh, it's not that you think that you know everything's going to be quote unquote perfect, but it's that sense of feeling that he comments on at the end of the movie where he says, you know, that's a star. No, that's it's the methane gas and no it's whatever you want it to be all those emotions that are evoked inside of you that's what christmas does so when cj talks about you know for 40 days you need, you see the best in people you know you really do see peace on earth you do see you know people uh, uh thinking of others and doing unto others as they would have done unto them and you can see the the scrooges and the grinches become actual human beings with hearts that grow bigger than the size of uh what was it a pit that the, the grinch had peak, like yeah it was so small yeah p um and and for me uh in that moment i hold on to that because deep inside me i'm still that kid who's 11 12 years old embracing that coat and i'm surrounded by people who they may, we may not have always said we loved you or whatever have you, like the Griswolds and hugging and over the most, but we knew that there was love there. We knew that there was security there. We knew that uh, there was a place for everyone. And even though some of these people are no longer here in the physical sense, not only am I appreciative of the time and, and the love and the abundance of the joy and the happiness that was in that room that carries over with me to this present day, but I'm also thankful for the fact that I have, fellowship with my friend cj who's my brother uh and with the rest of our crew and to you the listening public i want to say thank you happy holidays merry christmas happy kwanzaa happy hanukkah happy new year uh wishing everyone best of health uh and hopefully uh we can do this again next year same time same bad channel
0: and we most certainly most certainly will and uh that was that was really heartfelt, man. I don't want to I don't want to jump too fast to the next thing, but that was that was that was real really touching. Um, we will most certainly be back. Um, I think this episode will probably post by Christmas, so people will be listening to it then. And uh, you know, we're big into lists and countdowns and whatnot. And so our next show will be a best of 2023 show. So we're going to change the format up a little bit and uh, just let you know about some of the best we've seen in movies. Um, in 2023. So, please join us for that. Um, once again, the Sticky Floors podcast can be found wherever you, wherever your podcasts are available. Please like, subscribe, comment. Your comments help us to do this better. And we will see you again soon. Peace.